0: Here's A.K.A. Radio Red.
1: (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. I think it's the month of May. I'm not sure how we got here, but it is May. We are approaching almost the halfway mark of 2021. Last year, we didn't think we'd get here, and here we are. This is Read My Lips Radio, cool conversations with creatives. I'm A.K.A. Radio Red, and I have two wonderful guests with me. We're streaming live on Facebook. Ladies, I'm just going to say Susan and I to wave hello to Facebook. Ladies, there we go. You've gotten the official wave there, Facebook. We're going to be talking about creativity today. I'm going to duck down and let you see this is cool conversations with creatives. And these ladies have very academic topics today. They're not musicians. I don't know if they are. They're not artists. They're not painters. They're not dancers. They're not film producers. But they have proven to me when I met them at Steve Harrison's National Virtual National Publicity Summit a couple of months ago, proved to me that they have a creative approach to what it is they do, to what the messages they want to share with the world. So let me quickly introduce them, and then we'll do some housekeeping. Oh, by the way, we can't do it yet. Sorry, out of order, ladies. Susan and Ida waved and say hello to LLL. I'm going to count to one, two, three. We're going to say hello, LLL. One, two, three. Hello. hello. L L-L-L. L-L-L. now now we're ready. That's lovely Lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. And Ida and Susan, we're taking up a fictitious GoFundMe because I have to get her to move to London because she's in Whitestone, New York, and it doesn't start with an L, it's a W. There we go. Okay, L. we love you. There we go. So let's go to who my special guests are. First up, I'm going to introduce you to Ida Bird. Hill. She hyphenates her last name. You can see on the screen, it's BYRD-HILL. She's the CEO of a company called Automation Works, W-O-R-K-Z. I love the letter Z in there, Ida. I applaud you for that. It's a cybersecurity reskilling and diversity consulting firm. Now, don't worry, we're not going to get in a bunch of tech talk with Ida, but Ida is a lady who sees the genius in people. She sees underserved populations where kids don't have a chance to get ahead in education and life and jobs. And she goes in and she says, wait a minute, we can do better because there are a lot of smart people here and I'm going to help them figure it out and bootstrap and get up and find their way in the world. And it has to do with technology. So Ida, why don't you just take a minute and fill in a couple of the gaps. I really didn't give much of your background. Why don't you take about two minutes and introduce yourself and then we'll go to Susan. Ida, I'm putting you on speaker view, my dear. Sure.
2: I First of all, I have a, a bachelor's in economics from the University of Michigan. So my first love is to help people financially. So that's been my overriding mission for the last 35 years. I have an MBA in um, people and strategic management. And I just love helping people financially. I think there's just a lot of ways you can help people creatively. But you, the one thing that I love is that I try to get to know people and to find the inner genius because everyone has it. The question is, how do you discover it?
1: Ida, tell me about your company. You started this automation works. Let's go a little bit into the reskilling in cyber skills. How did that come about?
2: Well, actually, it came about in an unusual way. I ran a nonprofit and we had an event at the auto show called Automation Works. It was a scavenger hunt. So Parents with their children would come, and then we would have them running through the show, picking up items, doing activities that relates to the automotive industry. And it just was a wonderful event. And then the last year we did the event, which was 2017, we had 8,888 people apply for 650 slots which was amazing because it was such an amazing event. But what made them come to the event is that not only were they running around in a scavenger hunt, they were scavenger hunt for cash prizes. So you could imagine a teenager knowing that they could win $350, but they had to bring their parents and run around and get the most points. And that's where automation work started. So it was an event initially. And then after we had finished our survey, a couple of the parents had said, actually 10 of them said, too bad you didn't do training for adults. And I go, huh, where do people go and learn technology when you are at ground zero? And so I gave a list of places that they can go to and no, you can't do that, can't do that. So I opened our own um, post-secondary training program. Initially, and it turned into a school so that we can train people in network engineering, tech support and cybersecurity specialists so they can go off and make <clears throat> more money.
1: Ida, it sounds to me like your creativity is in knowing what you specialize in and learning to listen to what people want, right? What people needed, what they were saying to you is this is great. This is fun. This is an idea. We need something different. We need something more. So you made it happen. Exactly. That's your credit. I applaud you for that. And now, interestingly enough, ladies, I don't pick guests with the same or similar topics, but you both (laughs) are involved in finance. And Susan Zimmerman, I'm going to introduce you briefly and ask you the same thing. Susan is called the Fiscal therapist, fiscal as in money, 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 money. She's <laughs> Listen to this. Listen to this lady's pedigree. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's a chartered financial consultant. She's a founding partner of Mindful Asset Planning. She's the author of Mindful Money for Wealth and Well-Being, and she has a, a concept of money psychology. I haven't heard of that, or I haven't heard of it in a long, long time. Susan Zimmerman, welcome to Read My Lips. I'm going to put you on speaker view, and would you please fill in the details on your bio? Go ahead, Susan, and Welcome.
3: Well, thank you, red it's, it's a pleasure to be here, and I appreciate b- being on your program. My history began as a financial planner, and a, a mental health clinic started referring couples to me who were fighting about money, and it was the arguments that got me into the less financially technical, because I already had the financial credentials, but when the very first couple came in, they did something different than our financial planning clients do. They just started fighting viciously in front of me, which was a very new experience, kind of terrifying. Ida, I'm sure you have have heard of different conflicts too. So that's what got me back to grad school to learn what marriage therapists do, because We are not trained in conflict resolution as financial planners, but I always wanted our clients to have a pleasant experience and see their learning as an adventure. So I was very determined to make it fun, interesting, non-threatening, non-defensive creating, and it's just been a really wonderful experience on both sides so I appreciate it.
1: Very interesting. Money psychology. I have heard that money is one of the, is it the top three issues that break relationships up that arguing that, okay, we have our own up checkbooks, but how are you spending yours? Wait a minute. I don't agree. There's the challenge of what's best for the family, what's best for the individual, probably gifts are somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And the world got, turned inside out, upside down, and tumbled all over itself during COVID the past year. And how how did you spend your money if you had any money to spend, right? Uh, I I took great issue with this, a very famous, beautiful actress director who was doing high-end Cadillac commercials on one of my favorite radio shows that I hear on TuneIn. And she's talking about, you have arrived. And I'm saying to myself, but people don't even have a check to pay the rent right now. And apparently there was still some wealth I'd have, it, can you agree with this? There was still some wealth, and Susan, that people who had it wanted to spend it and they wanted to feel good about themselves. So they were they were talking about, this is the car for you if you have arrived. And I'm saying, I think it's tone deaf. I'm not going to name the car, but a lot of people might know. I think it's tone deaf, but you know what? There is money to have a way to feel good good about it? From the money psychology standpoint, Susan, answer that first and then Ida. What do you think, Susan? We need to feel good about it if if it's a luxury spend.
3: I, I do think it's really important. And as planners, what we look to do is help people get themselves and keep themselves stable financially. So part of our responsibility is to do the analytical work so that we can show it back to them to give them some confidence about which direction they are timed to do certain things so that they know that this car or this other expense isn't going to cause them to have terribly in insufficient income later on. So we, we do advocate saving money too, so that you're not reliant upon earning it for the entire time that you're living because we've, we've never met anyone yet that hasn't eventually gotten a little tired of going full steam ahead in their work. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs are very gung ho and they stay that way longer than perhaps the average Joe, but they eventually get a little bit ready to slow the heck down. So it's like you want to have some money (laughs)
1: positioned to start paying you when your paycheck stops. I want to get Ida's POV on that. Ida chime in, please. What do you think? Agree or disagree?
2: I agree, but I'm also going to say this, that while we had a lot of people who were laid off during the pandemic, a lot of people moved on as business as usual. Mm-hmm. Some even did more, more business during the pandemic. Yes. Yes. And, and I have to say, I'm one of those. I was very creative. Um, a product that I hadn't used in a long time called a diversity culture audit. The minute that the protests happened, I took that tool out and sold it to a couple of companies. So everyone was not losing money during the pandemic. People were being very creative because it forced you home, it forced you alone, and it gave you an opportunity to think about things that are around you that you probably hadn't thought about in years, but now you're forced to be by yourself within four walls. It gave you a chance to really think. So I think that people should buy luxuries. I don't think that they should feel guilty about it, but everybody didn't lose money during the pandemic. A lot of people doubled down And made a lot of money, but they also unleashed a lot of new products, a lot of new things that were going on during the pandemic. But what it highlights is that even in the time of adversity, with your creativity, you could do a lot of things. And so if you weren't able to to have your luxuries, this is an opportunity for you to sit down and say, hmm, life changed during the pandemic. How did I benefit from the change?
1: And I'll tell you, th- thank you both. Very thoughtful. And, and I agree with both of you. Uh, and I have a comment to make to Susan. I'm one of the people who has no plans to stop working. And it's not about earning the money, but I'm very proud that I'm paid to do what I'm doing. I've started 52 radio series since the year 2000. And I have 10 series this year. And big companies hire me to produce and host their shows. And I I am compensated. And this is a great source of pride. But in my profession, I get to work from home. So yes. COVID didn't do anything to me. But here's what the change was. I think you'll both be interested. I've done radio on the phone for years, for probably 20 years. And when COVID happened, I had been curious about doing radio on Zoom. And here we are on Zoom. Hello, Facebook. We're on Zoom. And I went to my colleagues at Voice America Radio, where I produce my shows, and I said, what if I, instead of doing phone, what if I put this on the Zoom platform? And we did a couple of tests and we figured it out and I slowly converted all my business shows to Zoom so that they don't live stream, that's their choice. Those companies do not want to live stream because they have specific channels. They want to have their social streaming and and they weren't ready for it, but they agreed to let me do it face-to-face. And I will tell you ladies that the difference the nuances. I'm looking at you, Ida. I can see your gorgeous lipstick and your fabulous microphone. And Susan, I see your beautiful necklace, and I see you both smiling and giggling. I see you, I think you have dimples, one of you, maybe both. Yes. I couldn't, I couldn't see that on the phone on radio for 20 Not minutes. at all. So what COVID did for me was open the idea to a more creative approach. To radio. Radio to me became visual. I've had TV shows for years that I produced on Long Island, and I stopped those because now my radio shows are my TV shows. Mm -hmm. I'm getting to talk to all of you. Then I learned about live streaming, and I live streamed the show on Facebook, and one of my business shows is on Facebook and LinkedIn, and it became a whole event, a happening, if you will. So that's something that COVID the happening of COVID, the happenstance gave me the idea to be more creative with my media production. So it wasn't a a monetary thing about, oh, we're going to do the big, it was, let's see people for the first time. So when people complain, they're burned out on Zoom, and they're burned out on, on FaceTime, and they're burned out, I say, bring it on, let's just see each other mm-hmm. i would never have been in the same room with you two ladies we're across the country we wouldn't have flown in for this this show so i'm i'm not grateful for what happened but i'm grateful that i had the vision to change my production method and i'm i'm very happy about that a little bit emotional and very very happy about that so ladies it's time for a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the core of the show i want to tell you that today may 3rd 2021 is the 123rd day of the gregorian calendar And I always do a shout out to Greg, Gregor, Gregorian, whatever his mommy called him, because I think he had a really nice calendar. And there were 242 days left in 2021. And what that means is time is getting short to either start brewing something in the sink in your garage or bootleg (laughs) gin in the bathtub or get thee to thy favorite liquor store and reserve something (laughs) really, really good for New Year's Eve because it ain't going to be on the shelf too long. I'm telling you. So that's your warning. This is the 18th Monday. In 2021, if anybody's counting besides me, I don't know, Wikipedia tells me I got to count. And we're under the sign of of Taurus, the zodiac sign of Taurus, the second astrological sign of modern zodiac. Venus ruled and the symbol is the bull, no bull. Okay, that Uh takes care of our housekeeping there. Uh, Ladies, would you like to join me in doing a couple of birthday shout outs to some famous people today? Are you ready for that? Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. And then we'll do famous holidays. I'm going to knock your socks off with those. I don't know if I, I don't usually do stars who have passed but this is such an iconic person Bing Crosby with oh, wow. years ago Bing Crosby American singer comedian actor he's considered the first multimedia star one of the most popular and influential musical artists of the 20th century who doesn't love something about Bing Crosby? Now, here's somebody who's still very much alive. His hearing is shot, I understand. He can't really sing on key, but he's got some young people around him who can. It's Frankie Valley, The Four uh-huh. Seasons. Yes? Yes. Sherry, Sherry, baby. Oh, promise definitely. not to sing. He's, he's 86. He's 86 today. Happy birthday, Frankie Valley. And oh, I, will wow. tell you, I saw the four C's one. I used to bowl at a bowling alley in Great Neck, Long Island with some girlfriends on Saturday. Somebody's mother would take us. We were 14 or 15 and we were very grown up because we go in the restaurant and order a Coca-Cola and a hamburger with fries and a pickle came on the side and we would watch everybody bowl. And then we go bowl. <laughs> not that we bowled really well, but they we've had a jukebox. And we used to oh, put the yeah. quarters in the jukebox, and we used to play a lot of the four-season songs. So I grew oh, up that with that cool. music. But I saw Frankie Valley in a live venue called the Westbury Music Fair on Long Island not that long ago. Oh, I'd say in the past 10 years. And he no longer could hear the pitch. He could no longer hear the key. So they didn't let him sing lead very often. But he had young young guns, I'll call them, young men who played <laughs> trumpet, and they played that flute trumpet and they played guitar and they sang as the four seasons around him and they did most of the singing the show was fabulous okay here's another one an iconic no longer with us but how can we not wish happy birthday belated in every sense to James Brown James Brown was born today in 1933 talk about a showman a stageman mm-hmm. somebody who could light up the world with that spirit
0: mm-hmm. he was he
1: was just out there Doug Henning the comedian I didn't know he passed away 20 years ago I thought he was still around Doug Henning the Canadian magician born today in 47 here's somebody who's very much alive Christopher Cross Singer, songwriter. Remember Arthur's theme from the Liza Minnelli movie? Yes. Mm-hmm. And sailing? Yes. Um, there's a, I'm a drummer, and so I have to do a shout out to somebody named Gary Young. I have no idea who he is, but he, he performs drums with a band called Pavement. Never heard of them either, but happy birthday, Gary Young. He's born in 1954. Dulé Hill, very attractive actor in the West Wing and a lot of other shows. He's born today. Cheryl Burke, anybody watch Dancing with the Stars? Remember the early days? Sure. Cheryl mm-hmm. Burke, dark yes. haired, very tiny lady, fabulous mm-hmm. dancer. Cheryl Burke, professional dancer, born in 1984. She has no right to do that wonderful stuff and be that young. I'm sorry. Thank you very much. <laughs> and one more gorgeous lady who's in so many movies and TV shows, a real showstopper, Christina Hendricks, was born in 1975. Actress, producer, former model. Mad Men. Everybody remember her in Mad Men? Mm-hmm. Yes. And she's in Good Girls now. Does anybody watch Good Girls?
2: That is a hilarious show.
1: <laughs> and Red is in that show. And oh, and
2: oh, oh, yeah, they're no good
1: girls. They're bad girls. They're really bad girls. Oh, yeah, that, that's quite a show. So that's it for our birthdays. Let me just launch right into the national holidays. I have a special calendar with national holidays. I promise most of you have never heard of. And we're going to see if the two of you celebrate these or if you want to. Today, Monday, May 3rd, is National ooh, Paranormal Day. I Did you believe in the paranormal? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Not
2: really. Although I know, I know ghosts are around, but I don't really believe in them. I haven't seen them.
1: Okay. What do you think, Susan? Anybody
3: visiting you from any other side? I, I get uh, entertained by the movies and I never <laughs> have decided, but I, I think there's a bigger part of me that thinks there is something to it. So, but I've never encountered it firsthand. Put it that
1: way. Well, I don't know if I believe in the paranormal. Sometimes I feel that there might be some spirits in my house. I don't get visitors. I have been visited by people who passed. They have actually... Come to visit me when I was driving in a car or in a meeting. Somebody sat down in a chair in a meeting with some colleagues. And and the person who used to work for that company had passed away, came and sat down in the fourth chair in the meeting, I swear. And I was shaken to the core. And when it was over, I said, Did did you all see Shelly sitting there? And they said, Oh, we didn't see him today, but he came to his own funeral and he was tapping on his friend Steve's shoulder and telling him what to say in the eulogy, because Steve didn't have a clue. And Shelly was saying, Yeah, just tell them the big guy upstairs, he needed me a little sooner rather than later. And, And so Steve gave the eulogy based on what Shelley anyway oh it, my god
2: yeah it's funny
1: yep my dad <laughs> visited me the night of his funeral he came and visited me from the top of the car after the funeral in a snowy night and told me to tell mama he was okay and i oh. did I've, I've had some visits i don't know if that's paranormal or just a-
2: i don't i don't really consider that paranormal you- i'll consider that energy from people that are around you
1: okay i'll i'll take that i, I like yeah. that i like that energy tomorrow oh this is interesting tuesday may 4th is national teacher day well, mm-hmm. you ladies teach, right? You teach people skills yeah. and you teach them how yeah. to do what you do. We'll get into that in a little bit more. It's also Star Wars Day. Are you a fan of Star Wars, Susan Zimmerman? A, a,
3: a bit. Not as much as my my son-in-law, who's a, a gigantic Star Wars fan. So compared to him, yes. But not a not. You colossal. have to tell
1: him it's Star Wars Day. He's got to do something Wookiee like tomorrow. I'm I sure. will. Yeah. Ida, what about you? Are you a
2: Star Wars fan? Ooh, I love Star Wars.
1: <laughs> so and what are you it, gonna
2: do to celebrate tomorrow, Ida? I don't know. I have to let me pull out my Yoda.
1: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, if you're if you have any energy left, Ida, after Star Wars Day on Wednesday, May 5th, it's National Cinco de Mayo. Okay, that's fine. It's astronaut day. And more Ooh. important, it's National Hoagie Day. Does anybody still eat hoagies? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Ida, hoagie? Susan? I haven't,
2: hoagie. I haven't in a while, but you know what? I need to I need I haven't eaten one of those in a while. I may have to go. What day is that? Wednesday Wednesday. First. Wednesday. You so got that means I done? have to eat tacos and hoagies on the same day.
1: <laughs> Why? Oh that's right. Cinco right. me. me. So maybe I'll
2: do tacos for breakfast and hoagies for dinner.
1: <laughs> we'll just hold that thought. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> now good. Thursday you're going to be very happy to know that Thursday is National No Diet Day.
3: Ooh. Yay! There you go.
1: In case you had too many tacos and too many hoagies on Wednesday, Ida, it's, it's, listen, it's national nurses day. So we'll have a nurse lined up for you in case you have a belly. It's also tourist appreciation day in case you're going anywhere. They should be nice to us when we travel. And it's also password day. How often do you, I'm not going to get too personal here at Techie, but you're in tech. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an early woman in tech, by the way. I was the kickoff speaker for the Women in Big Data International Women's Day on March 8th. They invited me to be their kickoff wow, speaker. Wow, okay. Because mm, I started cool. back in the 19, as a programmer, <laughs> analyst, big, big time. We don't, we don't <laughs> talk about the details. So, Ida, password day. Do you, do you believe in changing your passwords every month, every day, Ooh, every year? What do you I think? Have,
2: I have so many passwords. I have to have a special storage for the passwords. Because I don't remember them. It used to be I, I would use just one or two set ones, but that yeah. day is long gone. The cyber hackers have gotten so smart. I've probably got hundreds and hundreds of passwords. So I don't even remember them. I have them in a whole little system. And yeah. when I get to that spot, I go and look up what the password is and pop it in. It's always something different.
1: Okay. And that's is that is that considered like a master locker for password? Do you use one of those devices?
2: Yeah, I, use, I actually use LastPass. They didn't pay me okay. for advertising, but maybe they should have. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I use them because I just can't remember. And you just everything yeah. now needs a password and you have to yep. you have to protect yourself because you'll get hacked in any given moment.
1: Yes. And I, I was taught years ago to pick a mnemonic a sentence and just change a couple of things in it like I hate I hate. Google or I hate Gmail and then put a couple of numbers after it that only you and that way you will never not remember. And the only problem is does it require a special character? Does it require a capital letter? And how, what's the minimum number of characters you could use for a password? So those, no matter how much I try to normalize them. They're not all the same. No matter how you try to normalize mm-hmm. them, you can get, if you only get three tries on a password, which is dangerous on some of your financial accounts, right? Because the brokerage is your three tries and you got to go start with all of with a brand new password and then you got to change it. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. But I, I still do that a little bit. I'm not telling you what the mnemonic is. Susan, what's your thought on passwords as long as we're on the subject?
3: It's kind of a necessary inconvenience. So yes, especially <laughs> when you're protecting you know, very private information. It's just a a must do. And luckily, I have technical people here that do it. So I don't have to be the one looking in the secret hiding spots for those things.
1: Well, I think I think a lot of people still do the dog, favorite color, girlfriend, yeah. mom's first name, because I watch a lot of British spy detective shows. Uh, I found myself oh, in, yeah. adi- in addition to Amazon Prime, I'm also a subscriber to Acorn, to BritBox, to PBS Masterpiece. I watch <laughs> Endeavor, Inspector Lewis, Inspector Morse. Um, I'm watching MI5, which is called Spooks in the US. And oh. You should see the Ooh, that. Paper. Oh, it's a fabulous series. I'm up to a season. They call them series, not seasons. We call them seasons. So Series 8 is season. Season eight, and they kill Mm. off all their characters, all the ones you love. They all die in these British detectives. That's their mo. Every couple seasons, somebody decides they're either pregnant or they want to go work in Hollywood or they want to go on the stage. So they write the character out either by a horrible death or by they just decide to break the rules and get kicked out. But anyway, you should see the way they hack into password protected things in the spy business there's nothing safe. There is nothing safe. It
2: sure is. not that's why you have to be serious about those passwords. That's
1: exactly right. Now I'm going to shock you because Friday, well, we had astronaut day on Wednesday. Friday is national space day. Now, I don't know whether that means space, space age, or as in, there, up there, or it means making space in your house, in your office. I didn't really look that one up. So how do you want to spend that, Ida? Do you think you want to look up and, and celebrate the astronauts and the SpaceX shot that they just came down? They landed a night landing for the first time in, in many, many years. Are you just going to make more space for your in your office, Ida? I'm
2: going to do both because I am an a, a astronomy fan. Ooh. I grew up, I'm in the, I'm telling my age now, I grew up laying in the backyard watching the stars cuz I like to watch and stargaze. So I'm going to go with the let's look at the sky SpaceX type scenario.
1: Okay, I like that. And Susan, what's your thought? Well, how are you going to celebrate? I'm I'm up in the
3: stars too. My one of my all-time favorite movie about space mm-hmm. is Apollo 13. And Oh, that was a
2: good one. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so good. Just so good. The human element but also the space
1: Right. Well, I have to tell you, not only is Friday, May 7th National Space Day, it's National Tourism Day, so if you have to win a lottery ticket to get on a, a space journey, then you could celebrate Tourism Day, but it's also, it's going to be a shocker, ladies, it's No Pants Day.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez. Is it going to be 80 degrees? Because if it's 80 <laughs> degrees, I would gladly wear no pants. <laughs>
1: Come visit me in Durham, honey. It's been getting hot down here, so I'll just leave it alone. Now, Saturday is a day for fun. I got to tell you, the holidays are all over the map. Saturday is National Coconut Cream Pie Day. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can celebrate that by National Have a Coke Day. (laughs) You can also celebrate it National Fair Trade Day. If you like fair trade chocolate, fair trade, fair trade. Peter, I don't know what
2: else they're doing. Fair trade coconut for that coconut. (laughs)
1: And fair trade coffee, right? And then it's also, and here's the shocker, I don't know where they came up with this, National Migratory Bird Day. Maybe the birds were with the astronauts going into space the day before.
2: Uh Well, maybe the the birds are coming back because it's, you know, the weather is warm.
1: The birds, the birds flying south uh, to Cap- from Capistrano. Sunday, Sunday, we all know if you have a little bit of coconut cream pie left, save it because Sunday is Mother's Day, mm-hmm. May 9th. It's also Moscato Day, so you can imbibe Ooh. a little of that. I know, that sweet oh. stuff. But it's National Lost Sock Day. So that means it's a day to go visit <laughs> your dryer in your house and see how many socks were, remember, the socks that get lost in the dryer? You know,
2: the dryer eats the socks. But how come it only eats one? Why yeah. does it eat a whole pear? I don't know. Because one.
1: Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. But I'll tell you that Monday, May 10th, and I always announce the following Monday because I'm not on the air until 7 p.m. Eastern time. So the day's almost gone by the time I get here. It's National Clean Your Room Day. So either you mm-hmm. might just find the missing stock in your room and not be able to blame the dryer.
2: Yeah, Ida. know. <laughs> no. once, once, the, once the dryer eats a sock, it never Susan. gives it back. That Susan was so is cool. ganging
1: up on you. And it's also <laughs> <laughs> National Shrimp Day. And I used to be five foot one. I think I'm closer to five and a oop right now. So I'm <laughs> talking about me. I don't know. But I'll tell you, my supermarket here, the Harris Teeter, they take uh, 10 shrimp, small shrimp, medium size, pretty good size. And they cook them a little bit. And they put them with a package of, of uh, hot sauce, you know, uh, oh. seafood sauce. Uh, what do what we call it? Cocktail sauce. Cocktail sauce. Thank you. Cocktail sauce. I don't drink a lot. You can tell why I couldn't talk about that word. <laughs> and they package them in a little container and they put them in a, in a big display with ice, with shaved ice and they just stick it and it's $5. Then you're getting 10 shrimp that are cooked for $5. These are medium to large size shrimp. And I great. discovered they don't really cook them enough for my liking. So what I do is I buy a couple of those, I open the packages and I grill the shrimp and maybe a little olive oil or a little, even a little barbecue sauce or a little bit of, or whatever, until they're cooked just the way I like them. And I buy two packages for 10 bucks. I got 20 shrimp. Who gets 20 large shrimp for 10 bucks? You can't touch them in the store for that. And my favorite is to drizzle a little bit of honey on a plate and then a little bit of Balsamic vinegar, the clear kind, not the dark kind, the clear that is infused with pear or fig. I buy an Alesso brand. Mm. Drizzle the honey with the balsamic and then just wipe the shrimp in the honey and balsamic vinegar. That is a treat.
2: Now I'm hungry. I
1: know.
2: I think I have to go eat. <laughs> it's it, time to go have some shrimp.
1: No, darling. We have we have 25 minutes left to fill. So now <laughs> let's get let's get down to business here. Let's talk. So Ida, I want you to talk a little bit about, and we're not going to get into politics about administrations and job opportunities, but Ida, talk to me about your approach for Getting people into technology. What is it that you are finding people want to learn, want to do? We talked about jobs. Or let me read a little excerpt from your book here. You say, um, young people and their parents are complaining there are no good jobs anymore. What they really mean is there are no lower skilled factory jobs that pay wages equivalent to an engineer's salary that they can secure Straight out of high school, they are correct, Ida says. Today's high-wage earners require post-secondary training in I-STEAM. I've never heard of that. Here's I-STEAM. Invention, science, technology, engineering, artistic design, and mathematics. I love that. Did you come up with that, I-STEAM?
2: I did. You know, first they used to call it STEM, and then they called it STEAM, but I like invention,
1: Oh, because inventing wow. is
2: creating something, you know, we don't talk about inventing much of these worlds, but I said that the world history is based on inventions. You know, the, when fire was discovered, we remember that when the wheel was discovered, we remember that when the car was created, we remember that. We may not remember the years, but we kind of know the timeline when inventions happen. That's just the, the story of our life around the world.
1: So, how do you apply this Ice Steam concept when you're talking to and and you're educating not only kids, teenagers, young adults, but their parents as well, that that multi generation approach to upskilling and reskilling, Ida? How do you say to them? Do you say to somebody, well, where do you fit on the Ice Steam? I steam. Is it a spectrum? Is it a is it a, a linear thing? Is it well? I do. Are you interested in science? Are you interested in technology? Are you artistic? How do you find out where somebody fits, and then what do you, what do you do with them, or how do you
2: help them? Well, first of all, what I've discovered is most people are creative. They may be discouraged in utilizing their creativity, but most people have some creative thing about them, even though it may be quirky or what have you. And the issue is. Finding out what do you like creatively and how to extend it into your career. Because, see, remember, there were times in our country when it wasn't cool to be creative. I remember when I was growing up and you're being creative, get your head out of the clouds. No, dreamers need to have their heads in the clouds because that's how things happen. But it used to be that it, that wasn't cool. So my thing is getting people to go back to their natural creativity of what they want to do and what things that they like is easy. The problem is it's just, it doesn't happen everywhere. So in our school, we try to get them to come back to their dreams. It's okay to dream. If You want to have your head in the clouds? Cool. Because you know what? The Wright brothers would have never created a plane if they didn't have their heads in the clouds. And <laughs> having flown to California, I would never want to take a stagecoach. Fly all the time for me. So we, 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 we have people just get back to your what's natural to you and, and your dream and what you like creatively. And then we just add tech to it. Because a lot of times, you know, most of the things that we do now in this country is technology. It's everywhere. It's in every industry you could ever imagine. Anything that you could ever think of tech tied to it, now has become a new product. And so we just kind of get people to envision that you could create a whole new life for yourself by just putting your head in the clouds and seeing what can you do creativity that you actually like to do. Because now that makes your career funner. It makes the coursework that we're gonna provide to you easier. Secondly, we add video gaming to our um, curriculum. We have inventing in our curriculum. We have digital simulations. So to me, even though we teach a very serious subject, we have fun while we're doing it, which then gets you back to creativity because really creativity is really play and action. And a lot of times we don't really force adults to play. We got to play
1: we gave up playing a long time ago when somebody told us to stop playing and be adults and be responsible didn't we ida wasn't that the message susan it's it's time to take life seriously you you can't play you got you got to take control and you got to do something for for your family for yourself whatever it was ida are there any favorite jobs that people are going into from what you see, and I want you to explain fluke because I was intrigued by that, but are people going into uh, data science? Are they going into analytics? Are they going into finance? Are they going into shop floor factories where they can hold an iPad and help control RPA, robotic automation of the machines on the on the floor of the shop? Where, where are you seeing people going, Ida?
2: People are going into a lot of the tech careers, but where we're pushing them is into cybersecurity. People go, why? Because cybersecurity, while it's technical, is not technical as well. Because a lot of what happens with hackers is about social engineering. It's about knowing people and understanding how people operate and getting them to move in certain directions. And so it accommodates people in a lot of different previous careers so you can have non-techies who are going into cyber security you have people who are criminal justice you have people in finance you have people in all type of industries that eventually gravitate to that area because it's such a diverse area now i believe that cybersecurity belongs everywhere um, the more we go into online and the deeper we get into online the more we're going to be hacked by hackers and so cybersecurity people are needed everywhere there's not one place that they're not needed um, but what we're trying to do is to get people to understand you don't have to have a bachelor's. You can go into the career and with certifications. So even if you're not a techie right now, you may have a, you have a background in social work. You may be perfect because you understand social engineering from a social work perspective. And now moving to the tech side, you totally understand where a hacker is coming from. And that makes you very valuable.
1: Very, very interesting. Once upon a time, I was hired for a systems liaison, they called it. They made up a job for me. It was in a correspondent bank, which is not a bank where you walk in and get a money order. Mm -hmm. It's a back office bank. It it was created in 1933 by the, the Department of Banking and it was called Savings Bank Trust Company. And I became eventually their marketing director, but I was originally hired as a systems liaison. I said, what is that? And they said, well, you have X number of years of programming. You're a coder, you're a programmer analyst, But you speak English and you know how to talk to people. (laughs) So they sent me from the Long Island office into the Manhattan office. And they said, go meet with all the leads of the business units in the correspondent bank, around the bank, and find out what they need from IT, from IMS, Mm -hmm. Information Management Systems. And then come back and sit with the programmers whose language you understand and Help them design the right report programs to meet the needs. And this job was created, custom created for me. It was. It was an an interesting approach. I had no idea what I was doing. Eventually, they taught me how to write a business plan, and we created a whole business unit of uh, turnkey banking operations, and I became the marketing director for that eventually. It was a job that kept spinning into other things for five years. It was fascinating. But Thank you, Ida, for that. I I appreciate it. Very, very intrigued with what you do. Susan, I want to pay attention to you now. I want to talk about your creativity. You have eight money rascals and money motives, but PETS is the collection for the Money personalities, mm-hmm. physical, emotional, thoughts, and social. So, why don't you briefly take us through? We have time. Take us through the personality, the money personalities, and then let's go through the motives. And you can pick. We'll go sure. through all of them, or you can pick your top four if you want. Go ahead, Susan.
3: Okay. Well, I'll start by picking the top four, and we we have uh, drivers for eight different money personality behaviors and thoughts about money. And if you picture your yourself on a teeter-totter and on one end it says urge to splurge and on the other end it says crave to save those (laughs) represent the first four money personalities where on the urge to splurge side are the two money rascals that are named flasher and rasher flasher likes flashy purchases (laughs) you know we talked about nice cars that's one of the most classic Flashy purchase and rashers are rash and impulsive about money. So they if if either of these spenders get into trouble, it's because they're doing too much of a good thing. Because what I always say about the money rascals is they make mischief primarily if they're overly dominant. So then on the other end of the teeter-totter, we've got the crave to save money rascals, and Mm. those are casher who tends to favor just having lots of cash. That's building security and they like control. And then stasher is the one that's all about growing their money. They just want to keep stashing it and you know, look for the highest returns possible so they'd be very bored by a bank savings account. But even a stasher can have too too much of a good thing by constantly seeking higher and higher growth. You can get too too much risk and then you go down instead of going up. So those are the first four I would mention
1: to you, Red. Now talk to me about, let's see, we have, uh, let me go through the money motives. I want to just list the motives so that Mm -hmm. people can understand the way you've divided this. So we have prestige is a money motive. And the rascal, as Susan mentioned, is the flasher. Then we have spontaneity. Oh, I got to do that right now. The rascal is rasher how much mm-hmm. rasher can then there's peace tell me yeah. about peace the rascal is clasher but what what is yeah. a peace money motive susan i mean peace as in peace
3: and love you know p e a c e is all yep. about wanting to have conflicts go away in their life they're they're tired of having either conflicts with others or in clashing that's how clashers name clashing even within yourself you remember the cartoons that had a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other it's kind of like you're getting opposite opposing messages whispered in each ear this can happen if you had two parents who were kind of opposites about their money personality and so you Mm -hmm. keep going back and
1: forth so that piece is about not having conflict anymore very, very interesting. I want to go to the next one. I like mm-hmm. you to explain is simplicity, and the rascal is Dasher. So, yes. how, what is the simplicity money motive?
3: And and you may be picking up on how the rascals all rhyme. Dasher is the no one. No kidding. <laughs> I'll
1: will ju- just read them. It's Flasher. It it could be Santa's oh. reindeer. It's That's Flasher. So <laughs> of course. So we, we Flasher, Rasher, Clasher, Dasher, Basher, Asher, Casher, and Stasher. You clever. Son of a gun, you, Susan Zimmerman! Well, Bravo! See, very, see. very nicely done. Go ahead.
3: Well, okay. So Dasher <laughs> is hurrying through life. Dasher tends to be overly busy, and so Dasher is looking for simple methodologies to get things done in a hurry. And sometimes the simplicity, which is a favored, you know, driver, it gets to be too too much. And so you might be skipping details that are important that matter. So
1: Dasher is one that needs a little taming that way. Okay. Let's talk about the virtue money motive. How virtuous can a person be about money? Is this about giving it to charity or what is it about?
3: It can be very much about giving it to charity. You know, sometimes people ask, are there people really who are reluctant to spend money because they feel guilty? And yes, that can happen. And virtue means. You a lot of times you'll find the virtue motive even in the career choice people make. Uh, it can be in the ministry or in therapy, the the service services profession where you want to give, you want to be a good person, and you want your use of money to go for good things too. So, in a way, the virtue person is almost the opposite of the prestige spender because. They they feel they should live modestly. They have a almost a fear sometimes of being too, you know, too flashy. They they really don't like that and they think money can be the root of all evil, which is a, a misquote of the Bible actually. So people misunderstand it, but that's what virtue is
1: is about. And it's very real. And it sounds like it's connected or overlapping perhaps in a Venn diagram, Susan, with the security money motive. And the rascal there is Asher. You'd have to explain that one to me. Oh, yes.
3: Well, so Asher is named for being ashen and pale from worrying about money. And so Asher does. Want, yeah, yeah. Huh. Asher wants security. And a lot of times that can mean to the extent that money is being saved. It's all in the bank and the in the places that money cannot lose value, but a lot of times it's because they haven't been educated about what the different options are. So security is that ultimate feeling of safety and like they're not going to lose control or predictability.
1: And that goes into the next motive in the list is control. So yep. virtual security control there, are they overlapping? Are they completely yeah. different? How do you li- Yeah,
3: I think it's true. It's like a little overlap of circles where when you get into the cashier rascal, cashier is more paying close, close attention to money. So it's really about some rigidity in a way and wanting Extreme control. The, the overlap is: cashier may tend to be more conservative in how they want their money saved, but they 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 also are very formidable in how they organize it. So they're ultra organized, and they know where every red penny is of their money too. So those are the cashers. They know they're cashed, man.
1: <laughs> I'm wondering if control is the issue in a lot of marriages, and I'll give you an example. I'm a fan of the the. It's a sitcom, but it's really a little deeper than that. Young Sheldon, which is a spinoff oh, yeah. from The Big Bang Theory, oh. it's very well done. It and is. And in this scene, uh, the the mother goes to. And by the way, she play. It's uh, Zoe Perry, the actress. She played a very evil person on the TV series Scandal. She played a vicious, evil. Where in the hell did oh. she come from and how many people is she going to do in it? It's odd to see her being a countrified mother living in Tennessee on young Sheldon. I, I had oh. to make that switch. <laughs> was that really the woman who came in and threatened the hell out of everybody? And nobody knew what she was going to poison next or kill next. Yeah. Anyway. So she, <laughs> she goes to the hairdresser, who's played by uh, Reba McIntyre, who's a hairdresser. Oh, in my goodness. And she, oh I need to change. I need to change. And she ends up analyzing her watch. She said, you need to do something for yourself, you don't just need to get a new hairdo, so she goes home and she says, "Well, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? I like to sew. I want to sew clothes for my daughter, Missy, and for myself. So she goes out and buys fabric and all kinds of things. She buys it so I gets out her old sewing machine. so George, her husband comes home and he says, "Mary, what's all that in the bag?" And she says, "Well, I decide, George, that I need to do something for myself. I want to sew again. I used to love to sew and he said, "What's in the bag, Mary?" And she says, well, there's fabric and there's fittings and there's oh, zippers and buttons and thread. He says, what's in the bag, Mary? He says, how did the, much of this bag cost? And she said, $100. And he says, Mary, how could you? We don't have that kind of money. Oh. And you can just see. And she said, well, I want to do something for, I hope I'm doing the scene right. I want to do something for myself. And it was just, you, you just felt it going right through you because mm-hmm. on, on your schema, Susan, you could see the spontaneity. She did it on the spur of the moment. She wanted to keep peace yeah. in her own mind. Cause she didn't have anything. that was really herself. She didn't do no hairdo. She needs something to do. The virtue was I'm going to make clothes for my family and we won't have to buy them in the store. The security mm-hmm. is now that I remember how to sew clothes, we'll always have clothes. The control is <laughs> I'll spend the money, but I'll make it pay off the growth and we didn't get to the growth that's a perfect that's the segue for you to explain the perfect one thank you go ahead that's
3: that's a great that's a great example i loved how you ran through them all and so the final one is the growth investor for stasher so in her in her example then once she starts earning the money or saving the money from that she can stash it and build their net worth and their yeah security
1: very interesting. I'm glad you like. I I do tell my guests. I do read your books before we come on here. <laughs> I, I do take a look. That's. I don't want yeah. a Q and I just want to take Fabulous. a look and and get what I want to get out of it. So thank mm-hmm. you for that, Ida. Any comments you have on Susan's method? I know you're a financial advisor as well, but I think you two have different approaches or or different investments in the way you approach that for your clients. Ida, any comments back to Susan?
2: I like the way that she made it fun. <laughs> Because <laughs> the most difficult thing about money psychology is people can't see themselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they can see everybody else and what's going right or wrong, but they can yeah. never see what's going wrong in their own lives. Yeah. So when you make it fun, it makes it easier for them to to be able to apply psychology to themselves. Because I am,
3: because
2: <laughs> I am truly a stasher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, lady,
3: and I lady. like
2: peace. <laughs> I
1: have to tell you, I marched into Kohl's, masked on here in Durham and Briar Creek. I marched into Coles, and I was determined to change up the towels of my master bathroom. They're all white and gray. And I said, the hell with that I need to perk this place up. And I went in, I was determined I was going to get one bright yellow towel and one bright blue towel and one green towel and one hot pink towel and just make the bathroom look like a rainbow. And, And instead I found these, the biggest towels I've ever seen. They're almost six feet long. I'm I'm five and up, you know, and <laughs> I didn't even look at the price. They're red. The most gorgeous, not a ruby red, almost a, a American beauty rose red. The most wow. beautiful child. Tass- there were only three of them on the, ca- on the shelf. There were no. Hand towels to go with them. There were no face cloths to go with them. And somebody else must have liked them too. There were three. I bought two and I said, Oh, what the hell? You don't want anybody to get that one. You want to get it. Get what the third one. Well, <laughs> get the third one. And then I found a little bath mat to go on the floor next to it. And I came to the counter. The woman said, Well, do you have a card with us, the Coles? And I said, No, so, oh, well, I'm going to give you the family and friends discount. Ooh. And here, why don't you sign up for this and sign up for that? And I put him a little, they didn't even want to know my income, my age, anything, just a little bit. I don't think they yeah. asked for Social Security. If they want to give me a Coles a credit card or something, whatever she was there. I said, sure. By the time I was done, I, I got home and I looked at the towels. I put them in the wash. You're not supposed to use them fresh out of the shelf. And I took a look at the tags. The bath towels were $22 a piece. Never in my life have I paid, I don't know about you ladies, but I don't pay that for towels. And mm-hmm. the little rug, which was very tiny, was 25 bucks. And I oh, said yeah. to myself, did I really spend almost $90 on three towels and a rug? And mm-hmm. I went back to the receipt. She. Everything was on half price sale. She gave me a discount for family and friends on top of that. Yeah, I got out of there for fifty
2: two bucks. You owe yeah. her a thank you, a shout out on this show. What's her name?
1: <laughs> I, I, well, I gotta tell you, they just sent me a a, a customer review thing, a survey. And I, they said, how do you rate the store? And I said, one one notch under excellence. And they said, why did you give it this rating? And I said, because you didn't have more of the red towels. I want to buy more. Your inventory is too low. But I said, oh. I love I the discount. I love the the cashier. She was friendly. She was efficient. She gave me the opportunity. She gave me this. She gave me that. And I said, yeah. can't beat the prices. I'm a Kohl's customer now. And it was mm-hmm. I was so happy to give them. I, I did give her the fee. I don't know her name, but they probably figured it out. Anyway, it was just a delight. So now, ladies, so I have red yeah. towels now they're so big it's hard to fold them but you can fold them (laughs) over
0: three times what
1: What dear you
2: can wrap around your body like a robe
1: and and that's exactly where they're going that's where they're going now and i took the old the white white, the white bath and i put it right under the in front of the the vanity on the sink so that when i put my makeup on i'm gonna stand on the floor i'm anyway too much information ladies we have four minutes left and i want to make sure we address the the item that we're here to talk about, which is creativity. Ida Birdhill, do you consider yourself a creative person? And if so, what's the biggest thing you find is creative? And did you tell us about Fluke? Can you give me Fluke yes, in 30 I, seconds?
2: I am a very creative. I created a board game called Fluke, the wealth building game of accidental inventions to teach young people about patents. And it's the funnest game ever to, you, on such a serious subject. Do
1: you wake up in the morning and say, "I'm Ida Birdhill and I am a creative person," or is it just something you you kind of breathe when you think about what you do for for life?
2: Well, I see myself as a superhero,
1: <laughs> <Ooh>.
2: <laughs> so I wake up every morning with my superhero.
1: <laughs> I like, do you have a cape? Do you, do you want a red towel? I can send you one, the third one, if you want a red cape.
2: Hell, <laughs> no, I'll take I'll take it. But I did make a, a superhero by the name of Andrea. She has a nice orange outfit. She's you know nice little bod. She's a cyber cyber hero.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. Susan, do you wake up in the morning and say, look at me, I'm a creative person. I'm creative because, or I'm creative. How, what's your, what's your take on creativity? Is it taught? Is it earned? Is it learned?
3: I think you have to nurture it to have it grow and thrive. So I definitely do feel and believe I'm a creative, especially I stand out because a lot of financial people either have that stifled or don't naturally do it so so i'm kind of the odd duck
1: around here. well welcome odd duck i had a cpa yeah. friend who was was uh driving me down to my radio show i was on wgbb am radio in new york for many years as a friday night six o'clock drive time host mm-hmm. and i said come on down and tell a couple jokes i need some filler for my show and he said i'm a cpa you expect me to say something funny <laughs> <laughs> that's good, that's good. I swear to God! So I gave him some jokes to read out of the newspaper. He wasn't too good, but he, he drove me. So three minutes to close. So let's do a quick exercise here. It's kind of, I think it's fun. I'm giving you, we got two minutes left. You got 30 seconds to answer this question. Ida, I'm giving you a box, two feet by two feet by two feet. What three things would you put in it besides your cell phone and your car keys? If that was going what three things would you put in it that would tell us who you are? Susan, get ready. Ida, go. Ooh, 30 seconds. Okay. I will say my
2: passport. Ooh. And, and I love sweet potato pie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Would you put any people in it? You could still put a people in it. People put their husbands, their wives in that box. Oh, they, my children. They are my crowning glory. Okay. We got children. We got sweet potato pie and a passport. Susan, what would be in the box for you?
3: Oh my gosh. That's, I would, I think I would put my book in it. The one that's not, not the one we talked about today, but Rays of Hope, because it's all about being able to adapt to change. and. I need those reminders myself. You know how it is when you write something. Sometimes it doesn't seem like <laughs> you're the one who wrote it. And I would put my stuffed animal. This is Yertle oh, the turtle. I
2: would have oh, little,
3: oh, little guy. Yeah. And then we have nine wonderful little grandchildren. So oh, I would put my husband in there and, and the whole family. A, We've got a magic a- 19. That's a full
1: box. That's a wonderful family. Ladies, I want you to say thank you to Josh by engineer. One, two, three. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. The one name wonder. He never told me his last name and we're just fine with that. And Mm -hmm. I'm red and that's good. Ladies, I have a couple of short messages at the end here. Listen up. These are words to live by. I used to use them on my radio show in 2014 and I found them in my notes recently. So here we go. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. That's the only way love truly laugh uncontrollably (laughs) and never regret anything that made you smile. And one more message. Here we go. This is for both of you. Work like you don't need the money, even if you do. Right, Ida? Have a good time with it, Susan. Have a good time. Work like dance like no one's watching. I used to teach disco and ballroom. And believe me, people watched. sing like nobody's listening. And I only sang one song on the show today and it wasn't too bad. Love like you've never been hurt because damn, we all have. So get over it, sister and brother. Just move on. Money talks, chocolate sings. And last but not least. And I stole this line from a radio host I heard years ago. Thank you for turning me on. Bye bye, <laughs> ladies. Wave and stick around when you take Bye 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 from Thanks Red so and much. guests. <laughs> bye bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.